0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of the Lord this memorial weekend. In the readings and especially the Word of God coming up, this is uh, the last Sunday or weekend we have in the Easter season, which means next Sunday is going to be Pentecost. And before we transition on, we want to make sure we understand just the basics of this entire season because Jesus rose from the dead. Because of the gospel that Christ forgives sins and won it in the cross, There's an open door for you to heaven, no matter what the circumstances of this earthly life look like. This will not change in Jesus. Order of service is found on screen or in your worship folder. Let's begin with Hymn 900. of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave His life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by His authority, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord be with you. you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, was taken up in glory and intercedes for us at your right hand. Through your living and abiding word, give us hearts to know him and faith to follow where he has gone, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. First lesson this morning is from Acts 16, and it serves as a basis for the sermon. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The word of the Lord. Continue with the anthem.
1: before the throne. I look and see him there, who made an end of all my sin, because the sin
0: second lesson is from Revelation chapter 22. It's the end of the Bible. And even here, there's an open door to heaven that Jesus pleads people to see. That's why he invites you with the word come. We read, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The Gospel this morning is from John chapter 17. Jesus prays to see the fulfillment of this picture with you and all God's people there. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for the hand. Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, your fellow believers. The numbers kind of speak for themselves in life, don't they? Often when the numbers are down, that's when we take note. It's a sporting event where it's a lopsided score and the other team has the advantage and you are completely at the bottom, almost insurmountable, To get back ahead. Look at the finances the same way. When the finances are down and there's just no way. Maybe you can't take the summer vacation now even. Accomplish what you want. It's when you talk to the doctor and the doctor says there just isn't medicine. There just isn't capability to handle any of this going forward anymore. There's just nothing we can do. It's when you start and have been talking and working with somebody, trying to get through to them, whether it's a kid or a relative, or and finally the walls go up. My question for you is when? When do you say enough already? When do you give up? When do you say this whole thing is just completely a lost cause? Paul, in 49 A.D., was about to start his second missionary journey. means he already did his first one, and if you look right here, he founded churches in Antioch, in Iconium, in Lystra, and in Derbe, and then he ended up coming back down and had a meeting in Jerusalem in 48 AD. But now it's 49 AD. That's when our lesson is taking up. And he wants to go back to these churches and revisit them and encourage them, and so he's going this time... By foot and so he walks from over here and he does them in reverse Derby, Iconium, Lystra, and Antioch. And he encourages those churches. And so he just finishes encouraging the church in Antioch. And now the question is, now what? Now where does he go? Well, our lesson picks that up in the, in the sixth verse where it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. So you see Galatia, it's just a huge territory. These are very generic terms for areas of land. Phrygia, it doesn't have on here but that's kind of this area right in here. So it's saying to the west and to the east in a sense and to the north So what it looks like Paul wants to do because it says he wants to get to the province of Asia, this is Asia over here. This is what they refer to. So it looks like Paul wants to go from Antioch all the way over to Ephesus and he's probably got good reason. He did did some homework, he did some kind of planning and likely being down in Jerusalem and and being familiar with a number of Jews, he likely knows the number of synagogues throughout this entire area and he has contacts throughout the entire area. So he has his mind set on getting to Ephesus and starting a church there. And the Holy Spirit says no. Doesn't tell him where though. So he's prevented from going into Phrygia, so he can't go west. And he really can't go into Galatia. So if you look at various maps of the second missionary journey, these are all guesswork. We don't exactly know the path he took. Likely, he probably zigzagged back and forth trying to do something in here, but couldn't. And so he proceeds northwest, and it says He was prevented even from preaching. And we don't know what that means. Does that mean the people all rejected his preaching? Does that mean he had intent to preach but never found an opportunity to preach? Does that mean the Holy Spirit just somehow communicated to Paul, Paul, I'm not even going to let you open your mouth to do any speaking of the gospel at this time. So, no, you can't go to Asia And no, you can't even preach. And so here he's left to kind of zigzag somewhere up in this area. And so he winds up right here. It says he comes to the border of Mysia. And just as a heads up, I did a little uh, Google Maps work. From Antioch here to up here is about 70 hours of walking. Now, I would presume that's on modern roads. So if you take that and put that back in Paul's day, with the terrain that they would have had to go through, I don't know how much food and water they would have been able to pack and pick up on the way. What do you walk, about 10 hours a day? Maybe more, maybe less? I'm not exactly sure. So this trip of not knowing exactly where he's going, trying here, trying there, likely was at least a week, if not a week and a half to two weeks, to finally get right up here to Mysia. And then it says this, When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So this is the Black Sea right up here. And Bithynia is up in this area. This is kind of like a Lake Geneva. It's a resort area and there's a lot of wealth up here. Again, Paul likely had his reasons for wanting to go up there Did he have contacts? Did he think there was potential for starting a church? We're not sure. But again, the Holy Spirit, or we're we're told the Spirit of Jesus said no. That's a unique phrase, the Spirit of Jesus. That just is another reference to the Holy Spirit. But this is a unique phrase in the Bible that indicates it's Jesus who sends the Holy Spirit. And so we confess what we do in the creed. The Spirit proceeds from both the Father and the Son. Both the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit out. And yet, once again, the answer is no. And so Paul is left somehow winding his way west, where he goes underneath the Black Sea, all the way over, close to the old city of Troy, So this city, Troas, is really named after the old city of Troy. It's just a few miles apart where it says, So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. From this area all the way over to Troas is at least 60 hours on foot. So again, you're looking at another week, maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And to go down to Troas, that's kind of the Bible's phrase of going down to the port. So he's down at the beach, looking out at the sea, staring at the Aegean. What do you think is going on right now in the mind of Paul? Holy Spirit, do you know what you're doing? (laughs) You said no to me going west to Ephesus where I knew we could have done some good work. You said no to me preaching on this entire trip. You've wound me around for three to four weeks where I haven't known what you're doing. You told me no to go to Bithynia where I know we could have started a church and probably funded a lot of these mission trips to support the work of the gospel. And now you've brought me to the edge of the world, to the Aegean Sea, where there is no more land for me to go. What are you doing This seems to me like a lost cause. Have you been there? I know you have. Been in those moments of life where you're staring at the unknown. God, the Holy Spirit, what have you done to me? Why have you led me this way? Why are you being so hard on me? Why have you said no to me in all of these ways over the past number of weeks or months or maybe even years? Why have you not allowed me to use my gifts and abilities, gifts that would help serve the church, bless my family, my community? Why have you limited me and said no in all of these ways? Why have you zigzagged me back and forth, maybe spun my life in circles where it just seems like a complete waste of time? Careful, Christian. Just because you and I can't see through the fogged up windows of our life and understand the reasons in the mind of God for why He's doing or permitting to us what He is, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit needs to stop and ask for directions for what to do with you and your life. It does not mean the Holy Spirit has doesn't know how to do map work and gets lost along the way, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has injured you without cause, has forgotten about you and has somehow let you go. And if you think He has, it's you who's holding up His work. You're the one standing in his way, and need to repent. That's an egregious sin to think God doesn't know what he's doing. If you look carefully at this text, which is a very short one, not once, not once did the Apostle Paul in all of this ever doubt the Spirit's direction and guidance. doesn't mean Paul knew where he was going. He didn't. All he heard week after week was, no, no, can't preach, don't do that, don't go there, can't go there, and finally he's led to the end of the world. The Apostle Paul had no idea where he was going in a sense. But what you do see is the Apostle Paul doing two things. Number one, he physically keeps walking, he keeps going. And two, he continues to trust the scriptures, to trust the Lord, and he stays in communication via prayer with the Lord. He doesn't lose his touch with the Lord. So in all of this, the Apostle Paul never saw this second missionary journey at its onset, a lost cause. He patiently trusted throughout, which is where one commentator said, and I thought he put it very, very practically well. He said this, It is better to go to Troas with God than anywhere else without Him. See what He's saying? It is better to go at God's direction and at God's command and at God's steering, even if the windows are fogged up and you don't know why God's doing what He's doing, even if it hurts, even if it's hard, even if it doesn't make sense to you, than to go where it does make sense. But God doesn't go with you. And God hasn't led you there. Where on earth would we be without the Holy Spirit? He's the one who created faith in our heart and brought us to faith and baptism. He's the one who connected us to Jesus and all of the work that Jesus did, His life and death, and especially the power of the resurrection. It is the Holy Spirit who brought these things to bear, and we desperately need them. Oh, but we need more. We need the Holy Spirit to guide our steps. We need the Holy Spirit To lead us in life where to go and to protect us on that way for his purposes. Even when it doesn't make sense. Because so often in life, our ways are not God's ways. Even here, Paul was not doing anything sinful by wanting to go to Ephesus, by wanting to go to Bithynia. But that's not where the Spirit wanted him to go. And the Holy Spirit didn't need to explain himself to the Apostle Paul. He just needed the Apostle Paul to follow and to go where he was leading. Us too. And where he leads us, even if it doesn't make sense, it's then up to God to open the door that does. And that's what he does for the Apostle Paul. It says, during the night... Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Do you see how powerful that verse is now? Week after week after week after week. Let's just call it a month. After a month of walking, after a month of constantly being told no. No, you can't go there. No, you can't preach. No, you can't go there. And then to end up at the edge of the world and staring at the sea, no more land. Finally, the Holy Spirit, for the first time, said yes. And here's a man from Macedonia. And it just says he begged, but the idea of the Greek word is that he kept begging. Paul, come. Come. We're begging you. We're pleading with you. We're not going to stop begging you. Come and help us. You see, the interesting thing about this is that Paul would never have thought to go there on his own. Paul would never have thought to bring the gospel to these people. Maybe he didn't have acquaintances there. And so this was beyond him. And here's a man begging him, Come, Paul. We're the lost cause. We're lost in sin. And the cause of the gospel is for us. We are the people too for whom Jesus died and rose again. We need to hear this or we're going to be lost in sin and the door to heaven is going to be closed to us. Come Paul, come here and bring the ministry of the word of God here. Pretty fascinating, isn't it? The Holy Spirit knew what he was doing. In blessing Paul, in directing his steps, And for the first time, bringing the gospel to the continent of Europe. And fascinating, if you know the rest of the second journey as it unfolds, the contacts Paul would make as the Holy Spirit would win hearts by the gospel, in turn would bring the gospel back to those places the Holy Spirit told Paul here originally, no. The Holy Spirit had a better plan and design to get the gospel in those areas than by sending Paul. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing with your life too. Even when it hurts, even when it's hard, even when you think you know better, God the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us ultimately to the open door of eternal life. And so it's in moments like that, especially in life, if you're stuck, if you're at the Aegean, the end of the world, to open your Bible, to read the scriptures, to talk to the Lord, And to ask your Lord Jesus to send you the Holy Spirit. Send the Holy Spirit, Lord, to increase my faith so that I trust you and that I don't doubt. Send me the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that in the fog of my life right now, because I don't see your wisdom, I don't see your plans, that you bring an open door, Lord, that I can walk through and continue to serve you. Send me the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that I see and always hold on to your greatest promise. That I see the glory of Jesus Christ with my own eyes. So that we stand in heaven where Jesus is. And that he brings us there through this life by the forgiveness of sins that he won, that God would take up the cause of Jesus Christ and remember at one time we were lost and to fulfill the promise of the gospel to us. Lord Jesus, send us your Holy Spirit so that through the challenges of life, no matter what the numbers and the stats look like, we just don't ever give up. Amen. Please stand. We join together in confessing our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified died and was buried he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of god the father almighty from there he will come to judge the living and the dead i believe in the holy spirit the holy christian church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body the life everlasting Please be seated for prayer. Almighty and merciful God, on this glorious day, we rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Increase our faith that the message of the empty tomb may fill our lives and make us glad each day. When we are weak, be our strength. When we are sad, be our song. And when we sin, be our salvation. Remove the hurt of death from all who mourn, especially the claps and the Staus families at the passing of Holly and Kelly's mother, Leon Luce. We also add the families of those who sacrificed and have given their life for our country. We also ask that you would please come to the aid of those affected by horrific tragedy and protect your people. In moments of grief, call believers through the voice of our Good Shepherd and embolden us to follow his promises In their hopelessness of despair, turn the faithless to trust in the only way, truth, and life. Wipe away tears born of death and give new birth to a living hope in the hearts of the lost and troubled. Use our witness as compassion and comfort for others in need of mercy. King of kings and Lord of lords, destroy all dominion, authority, and power that stands against you, whether seen or unseen. Whatever evil exerts itself against your saving will, false teaching or lukewarm faith, Satan's lies or worldly pleasures, empty worship or futile religion, rule it for the sake of the gospel's free course. Triumph over our enemies and empower the church to fight the good fight to the end. Never leave us
2: forsake
0: us. Walk among our churches, O living one, as the faithful witness and firstborn from the dead. As your angel sent women with news of the risen Christ, call women in our church to announce, He is risen. As you sent your disciples with the breath of the Spirit, call those in our church full of the Spirit and wisdom to administer the keys of the kingdom. Wherever we live and whatever we do, us be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have in Christ. Heavenly Father, keep the baptized united with your son in his resurrection. Put to death the fleshly urges of those caught in addictions. Clothe in your righteousness anyone ashamed of good intentions which have fallen short. And assure those searching for purpose that their eternal identity as your dear children is sealed. Thank you for the power of baptism working in our lives and for the certainty of its promises through the resurrection enrich us with everything we need for life and godliness hear us lord as we pray in silence Lord of life you have done mighty things for us we pray through him who is the beginning and the end Jesus Christ our lord his name is above every name to the glory of god the father amen stand. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for the hymn. Good morning, everyone. And again, welcome. Welcome, guests and visitors. Love having you come. Please come worship with us again. A couple of announcements. This week, Thursday, is the funeral for Leon. That, uh, we didn't have time to get that in the bulletin. The bulletins were printed just prior to that information. Funeral will be at 6 p.m. visitation from 4 to 6. Again, that's right here on Thursday. Uh, Pastor bodie has gone this weekend. He is back in Michigan. His father is retiring from, my, if I read that correctly, 45 years of ministry. I got the got to work one year with Pastor Bodie's father. Uh, He and I were joint wrestling coaches over in Michigan. So uh, neat guy, neat guy to work with. And uh, if the Lord works it out, if the Holy Spirit directs her paths, they're looking to move this way. So that would be pretty neat too. They haven't been able to find a home yet. Uh, I'm on vacation starting this Friday for about uh, 11 days or so. And uh, Pastor Bodie will be on schedule during that time. We also have Bible study coming up this morning. That's in the gymnasium, right, Mr. C.? Everything's set up in there, I saw this morning. And we'll have our second study on uh, Revelation. Looking, I think we're working through Chapter 1 yet this morning. Any announcements from you for today or the week ahead? Then please greet one another and uh, have a blessed and safe holiday weekend. Take care, everyone.